This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jaron Raven, President and CEO of Swope Health. Jaron, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and especially thinking about, you know, where the trends are headed. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, sure. Probably a little unconventional. I'm someone who really came out of working in politics, both at the city level and the state house level, uh, law school graduate, and, um, and ended up going from there into operations at a community health center. Uh, and from then on, I fell in love with the mission of community health centers to provide care to uh, underserved and marginalized communities across the United States and uh, have been here at Swope Health now for three and a half years. It's been an exciting time. Absolutely. Wow. That, that's amazing to hear. And, you know, when you think about your time before healthcare, your career in politics, uh, what did you learn that you were able to bring into your current role as president and CEO of Swope Health? <laughs> that's a great question. You, you probably couldn't couldn't tell from today's political climate, but, you know, the art of compromise is something that you do need as, as a leader, both for your outside stakeholders and certainly while you're making decisions internally. And then, and then frankly, you want to know how the sausage is made. And that, and that means how do you get your health system, your health center, the most resources, ensuring that our elected officials are supporting the good work that you're doing on the ground and, and ensuring that they're aware of all the different services and things that you provide. And all those things are, are skill sets, frankly, that I learned through the art of, of being in kind of the political arena, as, as they call it. And so it helped me sharpen my tools as, as an executive and certainly sharpen my tools as building coalitions to get work done uh, for, for our patients. Absolutely. That's a really great point and definitely an important skill across the board. Now, uh, I'm wondering, could you talk a little bit about some of the biggest issues that you're following right now in healthcare, especially thinking through what we're headed into in 2023? The tsunami that's coming towards us that I'm <laughs> not sure if we're all prepared for, certainly I'm thinking about it, is our workforce challenges. And there's just more people leaving healthcare right now than there are coming in. And frankly, that's particularly true on the primary care side, our family medicine docs, um, and, and others, nurse practitioners, um, uh, physician assistants, uh, and others that provide care kind of cradle to grave to all, uh, all individuals and, and uh, chronic diseases and, and di diagnoses. Uh, and so I'm always concerned about whether or not we're going to have the, the workforce available, trained and ready uh, to deal with the challenges of the healthcare landscape going forward. And so it's going to take concerted effort to continue to increase those those residents, those going into uh, med school, uh, and then and then also ensuring that that workforce is diverse and reflects the many the many different communities across the country. That makes sense, and definitely, you know, one of the top things we typically hear is, is that workforce is a challenge, no matter what type of organization people are coming from. So, when you think about the what you've been able to do, is there anything that has been successful on your end, or you know, something that you're planning to do differently over the next few months that really could be a game changer for Swope Health? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, one thing I'm really excited about is. For, for health centers particularly, and for Swope Health particularly, the mission sells itself. And so we are, I think we're seeing um, from this, particularly this younger generation of, of, of leaders that they really want to be aligned with their values and their ethics and, their, and what they call their personal mission. And, um, and Swope has that, right? Our, our goal is to provide care to the underserved and communities across the Kansas City metro area. Most of our patients are 200% below the federal poverty level. And so they are 
have their own sets of challenges that we want to make sure that we're responding to in our health system. Um, and as we go out and talk about that mission to uh, potential candidates or, or those who are thinking of joining this organization, it resonates. And so I'm happy to hear that this newer crop of leadership is really hoping to make an impact in their community by way of looking at organizations that align with them uh, and what they want to do in terms of their values. Got it. That makes a lot of sense and it's really great to hear as well. Now, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? <laughs> well, I'm really excited about uh, the PACE program. We have, we have kicked off a program for the all-inclusive care for the elderly. That program is for your seniors, typically 55 and older, but really it could be anybody uh, with, with a assisted living or skilled nursing level of care requirement. We uh, just finished or will finish in the next few days, completing a brand new building here in Jackson County, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, right next to Swope Health. And so we're excited about providing that those services and really helping seniors in the Kansas City metro area have access to better care. That's great to hear. And I know that's such an important patient population right now. And so, you know, when you think about connecting with them and definitely um, making sure they have access to care and the services that they need, what are some of the trends you're, you're seeing? What do they desire? What's working well uh, for them, especially? Yeah. You know, what's funny is they want to stay in the home, right? <laughs> All the health out outcomes show that that those that are aging uh, in, in the, the latter years of their life, their health outcomes fare better if they're at home. And so what the PACE program provides is an opportunity for them to receive all their medical needs in one space, in addition to daily activities, art, so on and so forth, in a day program type environment, and then still return back home. So we provide that free transportation day to day. And so to, to, to answer your question, they're looking for comfort as they transition. They're looking for um, not a, a full disruption of their environment, uh, they're looking for fully integrated teams to help them with all their, their health care needs and convenience, quite frankly. And so that's what the PACE program provides, and that's what we're continuing to hear around why individuals really support the PACE program. It, it, it minimizes disruption, and it helps these seniors access care in a way uh, that feels familiar. That's great to hear, and really amazing work that you're doing. And, you know, I know we talked a little bit about some of the staffing challenges, but is there anything else that makes you nervous, especially, you know, in thinking about uh, some of the, the big challenges there can be in connecting with patients and, and making sure that funding is there and all those kinds of things? I, uh, I would say that that's hope is growing pretty quickly. We've, we've reached uh, 16 locations now in the Kansas City metro area. Our concern is always around whether or not we are continuing to identify those communities that, that need us. And certainly our pharmacy 340B program is something that has had a lot of uh, kind of political um, turbulence over the last several years. And so that is always a big concern. We want to make sure that we continue to provide inexpensive uh, medications to our patients that, that really need it, particularly those with chronic diseases and have to take medication almost on a daily basis. We want to make sure that is still accessible. That's always a concern. Workforce challenges, um, as I mentioned, uh, and then certainly whether or not um, we can continue to think about expanding into other services that we're currently not offering and, and whether or not the workforce is going to continue to be there to do so. That's so interesting. And I can imagine it's a constant push and pull and trying to make sure that you're serving your 
community and, and people who really need services, but at the same time aren't overextending yourself or, you know, going into areas where you're going to have the challenge getting the workforce together and making sure you can serve the patients in the best way possible. So um, that really seems like a, a big challenge, but something that definitely will be much needed and helpful for the community. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited about uh, growth and and um, thinking about how we balance some of these challenges. But, um, you know, one thing I'll say is that if you have support from the community, you're, you're always going to have a thriving health system. Uh, and, and we've been lucky and fortunate to have been able to do that for over 50 years now. Absolutely. That's a, a great reminder and definitely a good place to be having that community support. Now, I know things are changing pretty rapidly in healthcare and it takes leaders that can adapt um, to those changes in order to be successful. So what do you think the most effective healthcare leaders will need to be successful over the next two to three years or so? That's a great question. Well, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier. You need to be more politically in tune. I mean, there's so much going on at the, the federal level and state level, so many different changes that that missing the ball can have some serious ramifications for your health system. The other thing that I mentioned is, that, you know, I want to hear continue to hear healthcare leaders remind our constituents, remind our elected officials, our stakeholders, that our healthcare workers are essential, are essential workers. And so we, we kind of held that title, that heightened title during COVID, and I'm slowly seeing it go away. And, and, I, and I really want to make sure that we, you know, healthcare workers, those that are doing the hard work to treat the patients every day, making their lives better, uh, continue to, to, to feel that reverence, that respect, uh, that they did during COVID and really held COVID you know, on our back. And I want to make sure that that admiration and respect for the work that we do continues. Absolutely. It, what a great reminder and definitely something that is so important for many communities across the board. Jaron, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much.